Welcome to the family with Alex Brant Bernard Rasmussen, co-host Catherine Brandt, and Andy Brant Bernard. Tevin Pittman will be here. Michael Bryant will be here. We maybe. just don't know when. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe not. Maybe, maybe, and maybe. It's Monday. <laughs> Stiffs. Who and knows? it's cloudy. Maybe right. they've decided to stay home and cry. That's true. <laughs> we'll be right back with the family. <laughs> Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it, and what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walls Rod Motor Group, Walls.com, and Doug Sprinthal. Nissan news. This is exciting, and I'm glad Andy's here. We just got our first shipments at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan of the all-new 2021 Nissan Rogue. Dude, you need to trade. This is a brand-new vehicle. It's got bird's-eye parking. So when you're backing up, you hit the screen, and it's like a spy satellite above oh. the vehicle. It is, And it's got ProPilot. It is cool. Trade your car in. Well, Melissa said she did like this one better than the last one, so maybe she'll like the next one better than this one. All right. Be like Andy and Melissa and check out the Nissan Rogue. It's been a dream of mine to be like Andy ever since he was born. <laughs> so, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids, House of J-Lo and the House of Dan Resch. Tell them Andy sent you. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Rocking out, there's no question about it. So, what's the latest? I just. Uh, McRib is back. Mark Dayton married a 10-year-old. What? Former governor. You said the Mark Rib- McRib is back. I know you're excited. <laughs> <laughs> what? He oh, married Mc... a 32-year-old. How old is he? 78? 73. Yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. That's 41 year difference. That's a cute couple. Creepy ish. Sorry. Do you find that creepy? I really do not like those. The okay, now let me well, ask you a question. I mean, I'm sure she loves him for so many things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He seems like a real catch. Yeah. It would seem to me that she's attracted to him in a billion different ways. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. I uh, have never had a McRib in my life. Well, I don't think I have either. It's meat. You have... You've definitely you went had a through McRib. a McRib phase. I don't remember that at all. Yes, you were he all doesn't about remember the his food. Yeah, how long ago? I don't know. Five, ten years ago. See, Time is a construct. Yeah. I yeah, uh, like. I remember exactly the date when you went through your McRib phase. I think I have I better things. I don't remember any McRib phase. To. You definitely did. Because I remember them being super creepy because it's meat shaped in the shape yeah, of ribs. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> no, like. 
There's no rib. It's yeah, a no. rib. It's a difference, not a rib. It's a mic. Well, it's you have to creepy. be able to eat it while you're driving your car and talking on your phone. That is so yes. you can't have bones. That is the you main bones. Main thing with McDonald's. So the only reason they don't have bones is for convenience, not because they were poured into a mold. No, not at all. Well, they might have been poured into a mold. Who knows? <laughs> JB has his own podcast now. Well, I, he talked to me. He, he said does? he was going to do it what, with, San, with Sanny. I guess he's got one now. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Huh. That's, nice. What's he call it again? He told me the what he was going to do. The JB Slow Tech 80s. What? Slow Tech 80s? What the hell does that mean? JB Slow Tech 80s <laughs> podcast. He's on Podbean. Podbean? So what is Podbean? Go. I don't know. It sounds cute. It must be another podcast application where you can get podcasts. Beans. Do you know what Podbean is, Andy? Uh, yeah. It's probably like Stitcher. Yeah, I think it is. Oh, it's like that? Okay. Yeah. It's right. a podcast. Host. So JB, it's called the what again? JB's... Slow Tech. Slow Tech 80s. 80s. JB. <clears throat> yeah. S. JB's Slow Tech 80s. Slow Tech. Yep. And you can get it on Podbean. So there you go. Yep. Is tech spelled like T-E-C-H? I think so. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing it. J-A-Y-B-E-E-S-L-O-W. Or is it slow tech? <laughs> what the hell are you what? saying? What? You said it was slow tech. It's probably just JB low tech or JB slow tech. I don't know oh, which. It must be low tech. Oh, low tech. It's that low makes tech, a lot not more slow sense. Tech. Sorry. Why would it be JB's slow tech? Slow tech. I don't know. Oh, I, it's I, it's, he didn't consult me and tell me what he was doing <coughs> as usual. Because it's all one tech. word. That's why. He only calls me when he needs uh, real, real estate, estate advice. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> He's not calling me about podcasting. I suppose clearly, yeah. I've got so much advice. I, I think he was working with Sandy on that, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure that he is, but I, I think that's what he was going to do: is work with Sandy on that deal. Good for him. Indeed, that'll be good. He's got Maybe much he's to guy. say. He's a very nice guy too. I have to ask you a question, and it, 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 it may sound political, but it's not. It's just the way people think in the world now. Here we go. Because I don't I understand how you can think this way. Which way? There is a, a bunch of uh, every day. There are at least five stories about this Kelly Leffler. I don't, why are they after her so much? I don't much? know who that is. She's running for. That's really good. At thirty-one years old, you don't know who the uh, somebody running for the U.S. Senate is. Never heard of her. There's, oh, what a hundred senators? Yeah, wait. She's I, already a senator, isn't she? Yeah. So yeah. she's our. There are so many freaking senators. Oh, like, yeah. I remember, you know, you know everyone, Dad. Wow, that's yes, impressive. I, I know Name both Texas senators right now. Go. I know that she's very wealthy. Yeah. Kelly Lefter is, yeah. And yes, I know that people don't like that, although they seem to adore most very wealthy politicians, except for that's her, true. because she is. So she must be a Republican. I'm, I'm guaranteed. Yeah, she oh, is. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's why they don't like her. Her name is Kelly Lefter. Lefler. Lefler. L O E. F-F-L-E-R. F-F-L-E-R. Like the CBS Loeffler? News, Kelly Leffler repeats Trump didn't lose. Right. CNN, how Kelly Leffler got backed into admitting Trump lost. Nope. I know. I just, uh, this is exactly the reason I brought it up, Andy. Because now Newser says in Georgia, Leffler won't say Trump lost. I have a question for you. And I don't have a dog in this fight. I don't live in Georgia. Uh, Trump, you know, I had lunch with him, but it's the, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a Republican. Well, I'm not a Democrat see. either. But I don't understand something. So Kelly Leffler, because she's still running, they're trying to make her look really bad. So the other guy, who's the biggest prick on earth, by the way, who hates white people. Oh, lovely. Oh, he's a disgusting human being. Well, why and he's, not? You know. But as long as he, he hates the honkies, apparently he's okay with some <clears> people. 
But Kelly Leffler now, here's what I understand about this. So they bring it up how she, she won't let it, she won't admit it. Hillary Clinton to this day says she was cheated out of the presidency. So for four years, we've been hearing Hillary Clinton run her yapper. Oh, no, I know. That's like you saw, I don't know who posted it. Maybe it was the Babylon Bee, but it was like same people that swear Hillary was, or that Trump cheated to win the presidency now claims it's impossible to cheat to win the presidency. (laughs) It's true. That's exactly my point. I know. It's like, my God, would you, if you can't have, look, I think Hillary Clinton has every right as an American to bitch and say she got cheated. Mm -hmm. But so does President Trump and so does Kelly Leffler. They have the same rights Hillary Clinton does, don't they? Yes. I feel like no matter who you are in politics, you're going to say, I got cheated out of. Well, that's true. Well, because there always is cheating. Oh, it was, yeah, it they're was, all cheaters. They're all cheaters. We, yeah. we watched a Disney production. It's called Godmothered. Godmothered. It's new on Disney+. Plus. It's very oh, yeah. cute. It's very cute. And just like easy. And, and they made so much fun of the press. Good. It was hilarious. It. Oh, my God. That was the best part of yeah, the movie. Yeah, what was the funniest? Oh, my oh, God. They were they like. Really just funny. Yeah, they were oh. they were just openly admitting you don't tell the truth. You just make no. stuff up, well, and then you and then you un- unsubstantiated, right? Right. There were fire <laughs> there were fireworks kind of situation going on, but it was like from super, a magic wand. Yeah, incident. but it was super crazy. And the guy that was reporting was like, "We're not sure fireworks were not planned. We're not sure where they came from." And then the broadcaster was like, "Do you have any?" Like, have you heard that this could be from witchcraft? And the guy was like, no, I've never heard of that. And she's like, I've heard that it's from witchcraft. And he goes, do you have any evidence to back that up? And she goes, no. <laughs> just like. Sounds well, about you, right. That sounds yeah. about it. It's, it just was say, tr- yeah. yeah. I loved that part of it, that it just totally made fun of the press. I know. Okay, now funny. here's another headline, which I don't understand. <clears throat> you heard that the first vaccinations are going to come out the end of this week. I have. Yes. Oh, you haven't heard it? Well, then you haven't watched the news. Why would you? The first first round of vaccinations are coming out later this week. Okay. And then the final people will get it, people like me and you, will get it uh, probably the end of April or early May. Never. No, thank you. Or Alex is not getting it at all. But (laughs) here's my my question. So that's a lot of news. We've got it all covered, all the rest of it. This is the headline in Newser. White House lays out optimistic vaccine schedule. They just won't let anything get by without well, criticizing. They were they? they were fighting about who should get it first and if it should go to um, inner city people first because they're more vulnerable. Why? Well, it should be, Why? Or if it should go to people that are on the front lines. Yes. 100%. Or yeah, I mean, they were just fighting about it, of course, because that's all they do. Okay. Well, let me just run something by, and I've told everybody this before. It is not a skin color thing like they no. claim it is. It is an inner city thing. And I was just talking to Andy Fisher, my dearest friend. Andy, our son, is named after Andy Fisher. So there you go. That's how close we are. Andy and I sat on the phone last night because another friend of ours died just a couple of days ago. Of the 40 guys that I hung around with in North Minneapolis, 35 of them are dead. Most of them died in their 40s and 50s, some now in their 60s. But most of them died in their 40s and 50s. It is not a skin color thing. It's an inner city thing. A lot of drinking, a lot of cigarette smoking, a lot of bad behavior. I was there shoulder to shoulder, so I'm not pointing any fingers. I didn't behave the way I should have when I was a young man either. But literally every Andy Fisher, Tommy O'Brien, Terry Burnham, 
and the Laurent brothers uh, with Greg Lundin. So it's six. It's six out of 40. So 34 are dead and six are still alive. So I don't know. You know. Those are bad odds. Stop saying it's a skin color thing. It's not a black thing. It's a poor people thing. So I don't know why they have to make everything. Why is everything a racist thing now? That's it makes just money. The, that's just the narrative right now. It just doesn't doesn't help people who really need the vaccine, though, does it? It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter, does it? No. So they try to be, oh, this is who should get it first. No, poor no. people should get if it you, if you, if you, Second. If you raise your flag and your flag stands for this, then you've got to be committed to the oh, to You don't the have saying. to lie. Oh, yeah, you can do that. Why do you have to lie? Because it's easy. Well, that's true. And people believe you, and there are no there are no consequences anymore for lying, cheating. You no, can do whatever true. you want, yep. and nobody cares. We now I was thinking back when our first friend died. Now, like everybody loses a friend in their teens. I don't know why that happens, but teenagers do die. There's no because it because of very dangerous behavior. Yeah, in mostly. general, if you can actually see the cause of death by age bracket down to like the numbers, and yeah, for anyone below the age of like. 40, I think, suicide and lot of suicide. injury are by far the highest. I'll give you another uh, stat because I sat and talked to a friend of mine about this, too. He said, what kind of neighborhood do you grow up in? I said, well, let me put it this way. I went to school with or grew up with 10 people that murdered someone. 10. Jeez. And some of them murdered multiple people. One of them's in Supermax in, in Colorado for the rest of his life because he killed four people, including two cops. So you said five people you knew are still alive, so 12 killed 12, and then were executed. That leaves one. No, they didn't kill each other. Oh, okay. They didn't kill each other, but, well, one, like I said, opened up the, uh, opened up, he got in an argument in his fourplex and opened a fire on everybody and killed everybody in the building. Yep. So that was a nice touch. Generally not good behavior. Oh, we do? Okay. Yes. We'll break. We'll break. I'm sorry. We'll be back. Sorry, sorry to interrupt your no, lockdown no, just, memory lane. <laughs> no, I'm just saying you need to understand this is not a skin color thing. It's a neighborhood poor people thing. It just, you know, it's not saying that black people don't have troubles, that white people don't. That's not what I'm saying. But you need to get this dialed into. It's the culture of the neighborhood that can really lead you down the wrong path if you're not careful. We'll be back with a special guest next. Tom Bernard with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. Michael, can you tell me, what do you like most about your job? Well, I know we only have a minute, so the short version is how we build relationships with our customers, being able to drive around town and see all the businesses we've been able to help, and how that translates to jobs for their employees, and the impact that makes on families in our area. It's truly rewarding. I also love to see the families that started banking with us 22 years ago when their children were young. Now those kids are adults. They're banking with us too. Lastly, I'd say seeing our customers' reactions when we're able to do something unexpected for them, like deliver cash directly to them when they need it, but physically can't come to the bank. I love what I do. Did you bring some of that cash here today? Huh? <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. By now you've all heard me talk about MyPillow and how it's literally changed my life. My friend Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, fit me for my very own MyPillow, and I haven't stopped raving about them since. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape. 
Made in the USA. If you don't have a MyPillow or know someone who doesn't, now is the time. Because for a limited time, Mike is offering his premium MyPillows, yes, the one that started it all, for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98, regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more, by the way. Folks, now is the time to buy. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, but they are the best Christmas gifts ever. $29.98 for a queen-size premium MyPillow. Buy now, and Mike will extend his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Square and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. Yeah, baby. We are back. We've solved all the problems of the world. We understand Once the difference again. now between billionaires who get married at 73 to a 32-year-old. God bless those guys. Hey, you know what? Hopefully they're in love. Yeah, and It's a wonderful they thing. They just got married? Yep. In a pandemic? Like, like yesterday, I think. Did they just go to like City Hall? What was their wedding situation? I don't know what the I need all the details. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe went to the old Dayton's department store and did it in there. I bet. That'd be good. The what was it called? Oval. The oval room. room? Yep. Oh yeah. That's where room. my in-laws met. Working at the oval room. Working at the oval room. Yeah, right? I used to work there as a bus as a uh, stock boy. They oh, let you in the oval room? No, I was a stock boy at Dayton's. Uh, okay. in the I was gonna say. Thank you for bringing in that In the child up, shoe department. <laughs> we got Abigail. Abigail Lesman, how you doing, Abigail? Good, thanks. How are you doing? Marvelously well. The book, Rage, Narcissism, Patriarchy, and the Culture of Terrorism, sounds like my family in which I grew up. <laughs> it does sound a lot like your old neighborhood. <laughs> it does, doesn't I'm it? Oh, yeah. God. It's terrible. No, we were just talking about that, Abigail. I, I grew up in the inner city, and there was a lot of rage, and narcissism, patriarchy, and terrorism. So, yeah. Well, there you go. So what? you don't need to read the book because you lived it. No, I have to read the book to make sure I got all my ducks in a row. I have to read the book now you for do, sure. because then you'll understand what yes. it was really all about. Yeah, the motivation oh. mindset, that is the most, that is the most fascinating one. thing to me. It's like, why do people do what they do? Wonderful. What causes someone to be a terrorist member of a street gang, a white supremacist, or a mass shooter? Why are hate crimes at the highest and deadliest levels in a decade? Most people cannot fathom the motivation and mindset of such a violent individual, but a journalist specializing in the study of terrorism and radicalization has authored a definitive breakthrough book that exposes how narcissism, patriarchy, and what she calls a culture of terrorism lead to violence, mayhem, and death on a large scale. Uh, one question I have for you, Abigail, before we launch into the book. Well, it's about the same subject, but we were just talking about this. Why is everybody so hateful? And will they, it doesn't. If you, they could say things that would ruin someone's life, and they don't care, it's a new kind of terrorism. Well, I, I wouldn't say that it's a kind of terrorism, but it's certainly a symptom of those things that lead into terrorism. And I think part of that is is the Trump phenomenon. You know, he has done a wonderful job at making people angry. 
and making them feel victimized and making them feel that there's someone else to blame for all the things that are wrong in their lives. And so whatever he says, people don't care because all it does is make them feel better. Um, but I'm, it's the other side that's so angry, which is what I don't understand. It's which side? Of the the left side of the of the aisle is very very angry. The I mean, also very, but it's the same thing. Say, it's oh, it's the same, same story. Thing. It's the far left and the far right. The far left is also very angry. They're yeah. very angry at what Trump has done. They're very angry at the violence on the right. They're very angry at what they think is. A, a, a system that victimizes them. On both sides, you find people who believe that they've been victimized. And they believe they've been victimized because they think that they are entitled to more and better. Why, and why, are, why are they entitled to more and better? Are you asking me or are you yeah. asking no, me? No, no, I'm asking you. Why, why, why do they think they, they deserve more? Um, I think there are two different reasons. I think on the right, a lot of it, a lot of what happens on the right comes from the culture, an honor culture, um, a patriarchal culture that is hierarchical. And I think on the left, you have younger people. And those are people who are members of a generation that was raised to believe that they should that they deserve everything, they should have everything. Okay. When you when you run a race, everybody wins. Mm-hmm. Everybody's equal. There's no reason to work harder because you should get whatever it is, whatever you deserve by virtue of your existence. You should get it anyway. So Abigail, what are we to do if we're kind of stuck right in the middle of both of them? What? what? <laughs> Because I am a centrist. I'm not a Republican nor a Democrat. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of blame to be placed on both sides of the issue. These people are so angry and, I mean, ruining people's lives over this. It just. Yeah. Uh, so what, what are we to do, Abigail? Um, well, you know, if I knew the absolute answer to that, I <laughs> won the Nobel Prize long ago. But That's true. I think, um, I think the most important thing for us to do is to maintain that centrist vision to maintain a sense of balance, um, to encourage. One of the things that um, research has shown over and over again is that any culture where women are oppressed tends to be more violent. So we, as, as a culture in the center, need to really work at emancipating women, emancipating women abroad, um, but also increasing literacy in the schools because literacy also helps people to think more empathically. Sure, sure. Um, when you read, you imagine. When you imagine, you, you can't feel empathy if you can't imagine what it is to be in another person's shoes. Reading literature, they've proved this scientifically, actually helps to develop empathy. So those are the kinds of things we can do in, within our own lives with the people around us. But I think it's also really important to bear in mind that the kind of patriarchal systems that exist in America and abroad need to be opened up, or we're going to continue with this in America. We're going to continue with Islamic terrorism, white racism, the the far left, the far right, everybody fighting each other, this kind of black and white, literally black and white thinking. Yeah. Well, I agree with what you're saying, but... It seems like if you say that you're a centrist, then people get mad at you for that. <laughs> they do. Yeah, it's true. Well, it's like, well, then know, you don't believe in anything, man, really. <laughs> it's like, uh, you're both nuts? How about that? 
Exactly. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, so they so they get angry at you. I mean, it's one thing for people to get angry at you. It's another thing for you to be violent in your response. Right. Right. Um, and and I think one of the major things that we can do is to model um, the kind of behavior that we want, which is debate and discussion and exchanging ideas, which is something that you see less and less of in universities, for instance. Um, you know, but you see people with this rage, and they're coming at each other with clubs and knives and guns. I think what we need to do is encourage people to do this with our voices. You know, one thing we have to do, Abigail, is, is separate the whole male thing, the patriarchy thing. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. Because um, the way I grew up, uh, my mother raised me. My father was gone. We were seven kids in the family. My father was hospitalized, and he was institutionalized, actually. My mother raised us. Abigail, and I'm being 100%, this, my, my wife is on the show. Our daughter's on the show. Our son, it's, the four of us are all related. It's mom and dad and the two kids on this show. And I literally, it took me a while in life to figure it out, like a long while, but I cannot work for a man. I can't do it. I've had a hard time all my life. I've always taken my orders from my mother and my two sisters. I can't have a guy telling me what to do. So what? That's very interesting. What should I do, Abigail? I'm screwed. I got no chance. (laughs) Well, what's especially interesting is that most of the men who I studied um, who grew up in the situation you did mm-hmm. turned out to be just the opposite. They became um, really misogynistic. What? Uh, they, <laughs> Why? Because they became the men in the family. Because they had, they were often over-modelly coddled by their mothers. I mean, this is this is what Anders Breivik, this is Anders Breivik's story. Huh? Mm-hmm. His father was absent. His mother totally told him how perfect he was. Molly coddled him, gave him the right to do anything he wanted. And he turned into a raging pathological narcissist who went off and killed 77 children. What? So, 69 children, sorry, 77 oh, yes. people altogether. So, um, yeah, you are actually an unusual example. Thank you, honey, for not turning into a serial killer. <laughs> yes. I think maybe the reason for that, well, the reason for that is I, I adored my mother. I mean, I have, to this day, I miss She's been dead for 12 years, and I adore my mother. No question about it. But my mother was, was not all that easy on me. She, she was just a good mother. She literally, I just told a story. I also do a morning show. We should have you on the morning show as well. It's a great conversation for people to hear that um, this kind of thing. I think, because nobody's, Abigail, nobody's talking about this. I love the fact you're talking about this. Well, I wish they would be talking about it. Um, They're not. And and that's part of, again, you know, if you don't talk about the problem and you can't understand the problem, and if you can't understand the problem, you're never going to solve the problem. Um, So, I I mean, I would love to come back and talk to you about it on your morning show and, and get more people to understand what yeah. it is we're living with and what it is we can do to change it. I think it's a wonderful thing. I mean, it, it, what I really like about this, Abigail, talking about this, and we were kind of on a different subject just before he came on, we need to, to get away from this idea in America from, from the far right and the far left, because they both think the same thing, that it's all about men or women or black or white, and that everybody fits in their little category, and it's very tribal, and it's all based on tribes, and it's all... 
No, there are different kinds of men in the patriarchy. Uh, some of us don't get to take part in the patriarchy because we have no interest in doing it. But not all men are the same. Not all black people are the same. White people are the same. Not all women are the same. And I hope we do learn that. We're all different inside. It's a real the biggest problem for me, Abigail, is, and I know this sounds terrible, and I don't mean it to sound terrible, but smaller men are a real problem for me. Because I'm a bigger guy, and they, men get really weird about that thing. When you're bigger than they are, they get really weird. I'm serious. They do. I, you know, I think that that has to do with the part of the country that you're in. Well, you might be right about it. Why do you think that, though? I think you're right, though. Because I think that's part of the culture that I talk about in the book. That, you know, when I mention in Rage that there's um, an honor culture in the South, it's also partly in the Midwest. Yeah, part, yep. and and it is part of this um, this macho male oriented vision of the world, mm-hmm. and it happens to be more in 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 a kind of rugged state than you would find like than you would find in eastern states in New York, where I am at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it 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 really is part of of a, a societal cultural ethic. That, that you, you define man and masculinity in different ways, and you define power in different ways. Um, and I think a lot of it in the Midwest does have to do with how big you are and how strong you are and how rugged you are and, the, you know, the, the, the big woodsman versus the, the little guy who's sitting around, you know, who's sitting next to him handing him the little pieces of wood. That's not Can't mine as much coal. Can't mind it exactly. Or iron, I guess. Abigail, right. there's only one problem with, with your argument as far as I'm concerned. You don't want me swinging an axe out in the woods, man. <laughs> I'd be a big, I got no talent in that area whatsoever. Place. You'd be dead from blood loss in 10 minutes. <laughs> I'd cut my own leg off. Yeah. Uh, Abigail, do you, do you have a few more minutes? Do you mind if we – do you have to go? No, I'm fine. Do you, would, you like, would you mind staying for another segment? We'll be back in just about a minute and a half, two minutes. Love to talk to you about Abigail, e- Abigail Esman, ladies and gentlemen. The book is called Rage, Narcissism, Patriarchy, and the Culture of Terrorism. More with Abigail in just two minutes. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more. And please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin, is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Abigail Esman, our special guest. The book is called Rage, Narcissism, 
patriarchy and the culture of terrorism. I want to thank you, Abigail, because I just got about 15 messages from friends on my phone saying we're laughing our asses off picturing you as a woodsman. (laughs) 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 They're not buying it, Abigail. No. They're not buying that. Oh, I'm not talking about you specifically. I'm talking about the general general idea and the general ideology and, and, and mythology of of uh, a, a manly, hyper-macho culture. Yeah. Man. Well, I'm not that. Actually, Catherine and I have been together and on September 3rd next year. Catherine and I have known each other for 40 years. We've been married for 36 it's years. It's not possible. Will you stop lying? <laughs> <laughs> Will you stop and she's lying? only 25. How do you do that? <laughs> uh, it's unbelievable. You know, I'm a bit older than she. and uh, Well, actually, I'm, I am eight and a half, nine years older than she is, but uh, from the day we met, we've pretty much been together you know hanging out That's having two lovely. oh it's a great thing we have a great son here he's the andy was the one you talked to on the phone mm-hmm. our daughter alex is here and our children just told us something abigail maybe this kind of fits into the whole deal they said they don't know of anybody else that's as close to their family as the four of us and we don't force the issue we just all really love one another and respect one another and like being together we work together every day so I think, you know, if you get mom and dad running the show together, I think it's a good thing. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Nobody's the boss. Is. And I think that the, not just mom and dad, but also the siblings. Um, it doesn't sound to me like there's any kind of, well, maybe there is some sibling rivalry there that goes on. But by and large, they work as partners. Mm-hmm. And there's no sense, I think, that one is more important or better than the other. Oh, no. And no, no. one of the things, for instance, that you see in uh, Middle Eastern society is that, you know, the, the, the boy is pampered. The boy is a yes. little prince and the girl yeah. is a second-class citizen. And that raises the son to look at women in that way and to look at the world in a hierarchical way, that there are good people and bad people, better people and lesser people. And it becomes the way they approach everything that they do in their interactions with the world. There's the us and the them, the good and the bad. And your children clearly don't seem to have that. No. If they do, they haven't told you. <laughs> well, They're I've always, it from me, yes, exactly. I've, I've, I've <laughs> always regarded myself as a feminist. I'm not real pleased with the feminist movement today. I think mm-hmm. it's going in a bad direction, but... Um, I I was always like, uh, you know, I was out mowing the lawn. You know, I I right. tried to model that women could do things that guys traditionally did. And um, well, you never cooked, but let uh, me put it this way: <laughs> he did laundry because we do more. He did laundry. Oh, here we go! You had to stab me in the back. I, I had. You had to do it, Abigail. You had to do it. No, I mean, I was always very aware of the that whole line that needed to be you know yeah, it needs to be true. squiggly it can't be straight oh by the way right. but it's something that you taught your son as much as you taught it to your daughter yep and this yep. idea that basically that people are equal that people can do what they set their mind to do whether they are male or female or right. black or white or muslim or jewish or christian it's about what they set their minds to do and we can all do it together and if that's the example you set um, it's it's the perfect example that the rest of America, I wish, would follow. 
Thank you. I agree completely. Abigail, one one thing that I do have a problem with, and I don't know, there's nothing I could do about it, but as I said, we've been doing this show for eight years, and I've been on the same morning show here in Minneapolis uh, for 35 years. I do the, I've been doing the same show for 35 years, and it's so funny because some people I meet think I'm way far left politically. Some people I meet think I'm way far right politically, and I just can't win. It's It's really weird. You know, I'll tell you something. I have, well, they're both deceased, but I have uncles on both sides. One is very, was very far left, and the other was very far right. And I used to send them the articles that I wrote. And both of them would always write back to me, wonderful, I agree completely. <laughs> there you go. And I figure that means I'm doing my job. You're a genius. <laughs> <laughs> And obviously, so are you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. It, it it just it amazes me though that people get this that first blush thing. Is that really still important? And you know, when you meet someone new, first blush is still very important, isn't it? Sure, it is. It's scary. Cause why? Because some, some days I'm nicer than other days. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of deal. You know, people have bad days, so I hope you don't meet me on a bad day because you probably, oh, that guy's a jerk, forget him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad I didn't meet you on a bad day. No, it was not a bad day. As a matter of fact, I love talking to you because you make total sense of this whole situation. Instead of making excuses for either side, instead of coming up with, well, if they did this or that, that's not your approach. Your approach is, why don't we make it the best we can from where we are? I like improving life as it stands. For everyone. I don't think blaming anyone for anything uh, is that great an idea. I'm talking about en masse, of course. Blaming an yeah, entire Yeah, but blaming people. people for things is exactly what what rage is all about. Yeah, it is, isn't it? You know, it's, it's we're angry, we're, we're uh, resentful, we want to blame other people and not take responsibility for things ourselves. And what do you do with that? You, It, be, it becomes rageful. And when... When you're enraged, you get violent. You know, in some ways, yeah. it's exactly about not blaming other people. Mm-hmm. One of the things when, when I first met Catherine, or uh, let's say 10 years into the relationship, I used to do a lot of weightlifting with my... I, I know I used to lift weights with a lot of professional wrestlers. So you, if you saw me, you would probably think this, way over the top, Mr. Macho, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. That's what you would think. But... Catherine, from the very beginning, when I would get angry with someone to the point where I wanted to go over and choke them out, you know what she did to me? She petted me like a little dog, <laughs> and it calmed me right down. Was, she would. She'd start petting my head. It was hilarious. Everyone Nancy likes Pelosi tried that with Donald Trump, and that didn't go over too well. Yeah, that did not work well. Might have been the hairstyle. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? There's a lot going on. You know, what's amazing about that, Abigail, is I, back in April, had lunch with President Trump, and he is nothing like that in person. Isn't that weird? It's, a, it's an act. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to get involved in that. No, no, no. I just mean, I just mean that real blustery thing that he does. That's not what he's like well, in person he's at definitely all. A, I think that's how everyone is on camera. Well, he's, eh, probably. he's definitely a showman. Yes. That's for sure. He, he is a showman, but I, I've yeah. known a lot of people who, who know him and... Um, yeah, next subject. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like you're a big fan. I tell you, I do. Well, you know, Abigail, that's one of the problems that I, I do have. I don't, if you're the President of the United States, I don't like you. Sorry, you're not, you're not my kind of person. I, anybody that needs that much power, I 
don't know that I could get along with them. Oh, I don't know that I agree with that. Some For some people, it's power. For some people, it's... And this is one of the things I actually talk about in Rage, and that... that different kinds of narcissism that are out there. Um, mm-hmm. And that, you know, in, in many ways, writing a book is narcissistic, right? I mean, well, I, I, suppose, I think yeah. that I can in some way change the world mm-hmm. as a journalist, as a writer, as someone who puts her ideas out there and wants to convince people to believe the things that I believe. So I, I think a lot of the people who, who go into politics genuinely do that because they believe they can make a difference. And it's not about wanting power. It's about wanting to help the way people become doctors. Yeah, on a local state level, I could see that. But once you get to Washington, D.C., there's just so much money involved. It scares me. too much money. A lot of money. People love money, Abigail. It's yeah, they do. Yes, they do. Now, Abigail, are you getting arrested? That's like the fourth <laughs> squad car. <laughs> the that's sounds of New York. <laughs> the sounds of New York. I, I do. I like your attitude about the whole situation. It's, uh, um, you know, you're very even keel about it. You you have your likes. You have your dislikes. I think uh, that if people would understand that we are all not the same, that all men are not part of the patriarchy. I certainly am not, because I have no interest in that whatsoever. Lording, uh, again, my mother was an angel to me. So, you know, what am I going to do with that? Well, but at the same time, there are so many people who have done the kinds of things you've done, for instance. I mean, that, that you know, get involved in weightlifting and fighting and, and a lot of these kind of macho activities as a way of proving their manhood. And if that gets threatened and they feel that their honor has been taken from them as men, that's when the rage starts and that's when the violence starts. Why would they let that happen? bless your mother that she didn't raise you that way. No, she did not at all. No, we were all, there were five boys and two girls and everybody was just as important as the last one. Uh, there was not one kid in the family that was more important than anybody else. She she did it, and this is a woman who worked you know twelve fourteen hours a day as a diner waitress. Wow. We were she had no money, she had nothing, but she taught me to be strong and believe in myself. And uh, you know there was never any of this. You're better or worse. Her her message was always you're no better than anyone else and you're no worse than anyone else. So don't let anybody tell you that. That's what Joe Biden's mother used to tell him. Yeah, well, you know, he's a nice Catholic boy, too, just like me. You know, it's all all the (laughs) same deal. Well, I don't know about a nice guy. He might be a nice guy. I don't know. I don't know. I've never met him. But I think, Abigail, we need more people like you getting the message out without taking... You don't take sides. You know, the fact you don't like Donald Trump is your business. That's fine. I, I would have no problem with that whatsoever. But you deliver a message that could help everybody, not just a certain group of people. You're trying to help everybody, and I really love that. Thank you. I hope it, it does help people. And I hope while, you know, in doing that, it also brings more attention to the issues of domestic violence because domestic violence is where so much of this really starts. Really? Yeah. Oh, Abigail, starts, I'm sorry to hear it that. It starts in the home. Public violence starts with private violence. And <sighs> I hope that people who do read this book will start to understand how important that is, not just for the families involved, but... For the the society that we live in, you know, Abigail, I have absolute proof that I've never been violent toward Catherine, and I, my proof is I'm still alive. 
<laughs> so there you go. Now, I love my wife. I adore my She She left the room. She took a phone call. But I, I the kids know this, that I adore Catherine. I love her as a person, as my wife and everything. Andy's a great kid. Alex is a great kid. I mean, we I'm the luckiest man on earth. The people never stand back and go, man, am I lucky. Maybe I shouldn't be such a jerk. Oh, everybody should stand back and say that they're lucky. I wish they would. We're all very lucky. We are indeed. Abigail, I'm going to... do I reach out to you through your publisher? How do I get Because I'd love to have you on the morning show as well. It's a very highly rated show. It's a big audience. You can sell a lot of books. That would be good. That would um, be good. That's a good I idea. I think either get in touch with with Adrian, who was first in touch with you, or oh, okay. um, you can reach out to me directly, either one. We'll get it done. Abigail, you're a terrific guest. I love your attitude. I love your honesty. Your very honesty about your, you know, the things you don't care that much about, things you do care a lot about. I, I love that. Honesty is a great thing, Abigail. Well, that's what I'm known for. Well, good. I'm not tactful, but I'm, I'm, you, you know what you're getting with me. Well, I love it. Abigail, we'll great. talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tom. Bye-bye. Abigail Esman, ladies and gentlemen, the book's called Rage, Narcissism, Patriarchy, and the Culture of Terrorism. Very, very smart woman. We a very smart person. I shouldn't just say woman, should yeah. I? Am. Way to go, by Dad. Golly. Way to go, Dad. Yeah. We'll oh, by back. gosh, by golly. By gosh, by golly. We'll oh, be back jolly. for part two with the family.